right now I would say the best way to earn an income as a writer, if you're nonfiction, is to set up an account on Medium. Hey everybody, welcome to the Live Your Legacy podcast. My name is Darius. The goal of our show is to help you live your own legacy by connecting you to people and concepts that have made a tremendous impact on the lives of others. Today's legacy guest is a best-selling author of many, 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 many books. And he is one of the leading experts when it comes to writing an idea out of your head and turning it into a book. He has been featured on numerous platforms like Forbes, Huffington Post, and he has his own podcast which teaches people how to become a writer today. This guy is the man where everybody goes to when they want to get an idea out of their head and start writing articles as well as writing best-selling books. So introducing our guest today, Brian Collins. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you for having me on, Darius. I nearly didn't recognize myself with that introduction, but uh, very nice to talk to you. <laughs> okay, so how do you become a full-time writer as you are today, Brian? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, I'm 38, and uh, ever since I was five or six, I wanted to write, and I always wanted to write after reading the children's book, The BFG by Roald Dahl. Um, so I ended up studying journalism when I finished school because uh, I figured that's how I could get a job uh, as a writer. And uh, I worked in journalism for a couple of years when I graduated in my mid-20s, but there was just one problem. I wasn't a very good journalist. I, my stories were late and uh, they weren't well researched. And generally, uh, I struggled to make a living and I had to balance working as a journalist with working in another career in social care and then the recession happened in 2008 and i lost all my journalism contracts as a freelance journalist and i pretty much gave up on earning a living from writing uh so i started working full-time in social care uh in in ireland but i still you know felt an urge to to write so i ended up joining a creative writing group in the irish writer center in dublin and we met once a week in the in this uh, old Georgian building, and we studied like writing literary fiction and nonfiction, and that gradually got me back into different types of writing that weren't journalism. And from there, <clears throat> I ended up saying to myself, "Well, if I'm not a journalist, um, maybe perhaps I could write literary fiction." So I tried that for a few years, and I didn't get very far. I think I was shortlisted in a few competitions, but I didn't win anything. Uh, but this time, instead of giving up, I decided to turn to nonfiction and I started looking at different types of nonfiction that I could do something with or earn a living from. And that brought me to blogging. And I decided to set up my own blog, uh, which at the time was a technology blog. I wanted to set up the Irish Life Hacker, um, which was a mistake because it's very hard for one person to compete with a big news organization. So I eventually changed what my old site was called to what it's now called, which has become Writer Today. And that was in 2013 or 2014. Um, and I guess along the way, I picked up some, some freelance writing jobs as a copywriter. Um, and I also started learning about self-publishing um, and all the different things that nonfiction writers do online today. So yeah, that's, a, that's how I became a writer or my story. So thanks for sharing your story, Brian. So now that you have gone through, how many years has it been uh, since you started writing already? How many years? So, um, so yeah, I would have worked as a journalist for about five or six years. 
so that would have been up, up until 2008 or 2009 when the recession happened. Then I would have written literary fiction for about five years. So that brought me up till 2013. And then I started my site in 2013, late 2013, 2014, and now it's 2020. So I guess I've been writing uh, online for, for six years. Okay, and now that you have written online for so many years, what is the common difficulty um, for you when it comes to writing out content? Yeah, so that's the first difficulty that I faced is what I, I really enjoyed that you could write something and press publish without anybody saying you can't do that. I didn't have to ask for permission. And that to me was, was the most amazing thing. You know, I could write something and have it online in minutes. And then I realized that nobody was actually reading what I was writing. So I said to myself, well, how can I get visitors to my blog? So then I started studying secondary skills like search engine optimization and what it takes to have a professional looking website that visitors don't just land on and say, this is terrible, this is scammy, I'm leaving. Uh, so when I started studying these things, then I realized that I needed to pay for web hosting and I needed to pay for a professional WordPress theme and I needed to pay for maybe a logo to give it an, you know, a nice look and feel. And all of that costs money. So that led me to now I have a little bit of traffic and I have expenses. So how can I pay for my expenses as a writer online? So that was kind of the, the first big challenge. And I think that's the challenge that many new writers have is how can I earn an income from my writing firstly? And secondly, how can I actually get people to read my work? Okay, so now that you talk about earning like a side income from writing, right? what do you think is the best way for people to start earning an income from writing when they're just starting out? Uh, that's a good question. Right now, I would say the best way to earn an income as a writer, if you're nonfiction, is to set up an account on Medium and to join the Medium Partner Program. So Medium is a social media network for, for writers. And if you're a member of the Partner Program, you will get paid based on how your articles perform. If they get, re if they get reads or claps, well, not so much claps, but if they get engagement and it's relatively easy to earn, you know, a hundred dollars each month for medium. And often I know a hundred dollars may or may not be a, a lot of money. It's certainly not enough to quit your job, but getting paid to write, uh, can flick a switch in your head. So it can make you think that maybe, you know, I could turn this into something a bit more than a hobby I pursue, you know, late at night or at the weekend. Um, and the Medium Partner Program takes all of the technical challenge that I described out of the equation and lets you just focus on good things like copywriting, headlines, um, writing engaging articles, and considering who your reader is. So, so that's what I would recommend to somebody who wants to start out. So when you said that um, for Medium alone, you can probably earn $100 per month, is that by writing every single day? Or what do you think would be the best way for people to start out on Medium since you mentioned about it? Yeah, and it's, it's actually worth pointing out that the top writers on Medium earn five figures a month. So $100 is easy, but you can graduate uh, as, you, as you write more often. The best way is to find publications on Medium that you would enjoy reading. So for example, if, if you wanted to write about entrepreneurship, there is a couple of publications on Medium that are aimed at startups. Um, I think one of them was actually called Startup. The startup. Right? Yeah, so you, you can... 
just apply to be a writer on those programs via clicking the button on Medium. It's really easy to do. And then you just read a couple of articles on that publication, you know, spe special attention to the headlines and the content of those articles, and then try and write something similar based on your experiences and submit it. And even if your first one doesn't do well, because it's so easy in Medium to write a, a new article and then you can learn from that and get going from there. And then once you have a body of work that you can point to, it'll open up doors for bigger publications that you may want to, to write for um, outside of Medium. So, that, so that's what I would recommend. And also to find writers who, who are within your niche or area and follow them and study what they do and, and learn from them. So when you mentioned about following uh, people in your industry, can you name us a few examples of people that you actually follow that write really great articles on online? Yeah, so um, there's a couple of uh, online writers that I've followed over the years. Um, the one that immediately springs to mind is Joanna Penn from The Creative Pen. And I learned a lot about self-publishing from Joanna and also about um, how to keep going even when you want to stop. Um, and also what it takes to build a creative business. And I learned it through her podcasts and through her books, maybe more so than her online articles. Um, the second online writer that I learned from isn't necessarily one individual, it's actually a company. So they will be Copyblogger, which was a site set up by Brian Clark, which is all about the business of writing um, and how you can use words to build relationships with your readers and customers. And that opened my eyes to the types of writing that lie outside of journalism. <clears throat> More recently, I've learned from writers like John Morrow of Smart Blogger. Um, and these days, writers I admire online, you know, with Tim Ferriss, who I'm sure your audience are very familiar with, Definitely. and uh, James Clear, who I interviewed for, for my podcast uh, last year. So he wrote the excellent book, Atomic Habits. But I think he does a great job of working stories into the articles that he publishes. Um, so yeah, they, they, they would be at least tr three of the types of writers that, that I would so, admire or follow online. So thanks for sharing with us um, who are the people that you're currently following so that our audience as well can go and follow these people. And so yeah. a common difficulty for people is when they're writing, right? I think this is a very common thing when they're a beginner is that it's quite hard for some of them to place their thoughts into words. So what is yep. your best approach to dealing with this? Yeah, that's a, that's a really common problem that new writers have. So there's a couple of things that I would suggest. Firstly, uh, to set aside a portion of time each day, ideally 30 minutes where you will write without editing yourself and you will write about whatever comes to mind. Uh, I like to do this early in the morning because I suppose I have I've three kids and I just find it's a time when I feel more open to, to creative writing. But it doesn't have to be early in the morning, but you basically sit down at your desk and you could just write about what you did yesterday. You could write about something on your mind. You could write about a story you're working on. But the idea is to get the words out of your head without actually stopping to fix grammar and punctuation mistakes or to clarify your ideas. And if you get into the habit of doing those 30 minute sessions every day, they'll quickly stack up on top of each other. And before you know it, you'll have several thousand words. And that's when the, when the magic happens because once you've got several thousand words, then you can edit and fix your writing so it makes sense for readers. And of course, you're going to edit at a different time of day to when you wrote. And so um, for people who are starting out as well, how does one generate brilliant ideas? Because I've seen like all your different Amazon books and 
the number yeah. of articles that, by the way, guys, if you all don't know, he's posting articles like almost everywhere. You guys should really check him out. So, like, how does one keep generating such, uh, so many ideas? Like, where, where do all these creativity ideas stem from? Yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, the short answer is just to, to keep writing because then you will have more work that you can use. The, the, the longer answer is um, to consider the types of books that you read and ask yourself, could you write them? So, so a couple of years ago, I went on a story writing workshop with, the, with Robert McKee, who wrote the excellent book, Story. And it's all a book about storytelling and screenwriting. Um, and at the end of the workshop, I went up to Robert and I said, you know, how does a writer identify what they want to actually write about? Like, how do they pick a, a genre? Should, should I write thrillers? Should I write science fiction? Should I write uh, business self-help? Um, and, Ro and Robert McKee said, write what you love to read. So I went home that night and I looked at my Kindle library and at the time I was trying to write thriller books, but when I looked at my Kindle library, it was full of business books. It was full of uh, books about self-help and entrepreneurship and non-fiction. I wasn't much, there wasn't much fiction in it. And yet I was spending all my time trying to write fiction. So what I did then is changed to writing non-fiction. And then once I did that, once I had an idea of the type of niche or genre that I wanted to, to focus on, then I found that I had a lot more ideas and, you know, not all, you use the word brilliant there, Jarius, in your question. So I would also say to lower the bar for what makes a good idea or a bad idea, you know, just get it out of your head and, um, you know, don't worry, don't judge it, don't have any preconceptions about the idea, you know, because sometimes you'll be surprised by what works and what doesn't. Okay. And then, so now that we talk about coming up ideas, how does one, continue to stay creative and create articles that gets people to read, right? Because some, like what you say, one of your common difficulties is you wrote articles, but nobody reads, right? So what is the best strategy for us to keep writing articles that people actually read? Yes, I'll give you a tactical answer and then a more strategic answer. The, the tactical answer is to study uh, search engine optimization and email marketing. So search engine optimization is when you have your own site that you're using the language and keywords that your audience is searching for in Google and to make sure you've worked that into your headline, the body copy and the meta description uh, and throughout the post. And then when somebody lands on your article or post from a Google search result, there's an opt-in box for your email list where, they, where it'll say something like, join now to get access to my report about whatever your, your topic is. So then when you publish something new, then you're able to send them your latest article and that will help website visitors become loyal readers of your, your work. And if you're writing on Medium, um, you could just have a call to action at the bottom of your Medium article pointing to a landing page where somebody can join your, your email list. So I would also consider your strategy for connecting with readers and to do that, ask yourself who you're writing for because if you write for everybody, I think it was Stephen King who said, your, you know, your writing will get a bit lonely and cold. Or maybe it was Ernest Hemingway. So instead, uh, ask yourself, you know, what do you want to ha help them accomplish if you're going to educate them? Or perhaps you want to inform them or entertain them or inspire them. And who is your ideal reader? What age are they? Where are they from? Where do they live? What are their hobbies? Uh, what do they like to read? And then when you clarify all of that down, it'll help you address them directly rather than trying to write for everyone. And if you're still having problems with that, just think of a friend or a family member and write directly to them instead. Um, but 
that will help you clarify your ideas um, rather than just writing generic articles that nobody will read. I really love how you decided to split them into two. One is a tactical and one is a uh, strategy side. I think especially for the beginners, probably they'll go with the strategy side while still learning the tactical side. But I think it's very important that you mention about things like SEO, right? So what are the daily routines that you do which helps you in your writing since you're churning out probably articles every single day, right? So what are some daily routines that you do which helps you in writing? Yeah, well, I guess I've actually reduced uh, the amount of articles I'm churning out uh, because uh, each, each day, but I, I still follow the same writing routine in that I would try and you know, focus on something creative in the morning uh, for between, at the moment, between six and half seven, uh, although that time does change. And that's because I've got three small kids, including an 18-month-old baby. So I'll try and write without editing myself or I'll work on an outline of an article. Um, and I'll try and do that four or five days a week. And then I'll try and edit later in the afternoon or late morning. And what I will also do is on Sunday evening, I will consider my writing for the week and I will look at the articles that I'm going to write and I will ask myself um, which ones are my, the top three articles for the week in question. And then I'll, I'll focus on those. Um, the process will be a bit different. I was working on a book in that I would break a book down into acts and chapters and then I would you know, pick a chapter to work on on a given day and an act to work on on a given month. Okay, so now that we've gone into your process of writing and editing as well, what are your best productivity strategies that you use to keep writing? And I know you address this in some of your books as well. So do share with us what is your uh, own personal productivity strategy. Because most of us, when we start writing, then we start to daydream and oh yeah, there's this new idea, <laughs> there's this other new idea, right? So what is that strategy that keeps you focused and writing for that yeah, few hours? Yeah, and so my my favorite productivity strategy is one i learned about years ago and and it's one i still use it's the pomodoro technique and maybe your audience have heard of it but basically it involves just getting a timer and it could be an egg timer or you could use your phone although i don't recommend using your phone because you can get distracted by you know notifications and set the timer for 30 minutes and pick a single task which in my case is writing but i mean for your audience it could be working on something related to their business and just work on that for 30 minutes and nothing else without, without interruption. And then when the buzzer sounds, you know, you get up and you take a two to three minute break to stretch. Or in my case, I go down and make some tea. And then you sit back down and reset the timer. And then you go for another 30 minutes and you repeat until one of two things happen. One is you've finished your work for the day for this particular project. Or two, you've stacked four sessions on top of each other which case you're probably, if you're like me, pretty tired. So you might go for a nap or make a sandwich or just take a longer break. Okay, so now that we've gone and you tell us, and really thanks for sharing with us like what really works best for you because that's the whole point of you coming onto the show to share us what strategies you're currently using for writing. So what is the greatest challenge that most people don't know about going into full-time writing, right? Because most of, most of the people are maybe just on Medium or maybe on blogs and they're just trying to make a side hustle. But now that they're full-time into writing, what is the greatest challenge that most people don't see about full-time writing? Yeah, the, the big challenge that a lot of people have when they want to go into full-time writing is understanding that writing is a job and it's also, if it's full-time, it's also going to be a business for you. And that means you need to spend time <clears throat> on other activities that are not directly related to creative work or 
you know, words on the page or editing. So for example, you might need to hire a contractor who's going to help you fix a problem you're having with your site because it's frustrating you and causing you to, to, to you know, not have enough time to write. Or I think in my case, I used to spend a lot of time on the books. So when I started getting paid from books I'd sold, I had to manage all the taxes and uh, all the, the, also the courses that I'd sold as well to readers, which sounds like a good problem, but you know, paying your tax bills is still stressful. You don't want to pay or overpay or underpay. So I tried doing it myself and I, I, I just got a bit frustrated with it. So I used some of my income to hire a bookkeeper and that immediately freed up hours of time. And then the bookkeeper told me I was doing it wrong anyway. So, so, oh, yeah. uh, so that, that to me was, was, was good to fix that. Um, but yeah, I mean, tr treat your writing like a business and that means spending time on other activities that might make you feel uncomfortable at first, but which are still important. So what would you say to people? Um, what would you think is like your best advice to people who are transiting from a side income of writing to full-time in writing? I would what say do don't, quit your, don't quit your day job just yet. Um, ask, firstly, you should build up at least a year's worth of a salary for yourself so you have a cushion and you're not stressed about it secondly to consider how you want to spend your day what, what an ideal day for you would look like um and how much of that is going to be writing versus doing other activities because i've interviewed a lot of the new york times best-selling authors um for my own show and i've also spoken to them like informally on zoom calls and so on and what i've learned is a lot of non-fiction authors have a business behind their books. So they will have a coaching service that they'll offer. They will have a, a seminar that they may run. You know, they will have a, some software that they're selling. They will have courses. So they're not directly, or they're not earning a living just from their books. Their books are almost like a, a calling card or a business card into their world. Whereas fiction authors, on the other hand, because of the nature of fiction, might have a series of books within a world like Game of Thrones. And maybe they're doing it earning a living full-time just from writing, but non-fiction authors tend to have other parts of um, their career that they focus on as well. So, so maybe to ask yourself, <clears throat> what would that look like for you? Okay, and so what do you think um, should be the main focus of someone who's transiting from um, not full-time to full-time in writing? What would be the main focus of the transition from not being a full-time to becoming a full-time writer? Well, you're going to have to pay your bills firstly. So... Once you've ticked that box, which I'm assuming you'll have ticked if you're going to transition, next you're going to have to ensure you have a way of connecting with other people. <clears throat> because writing is an introverted profession. You spend a lot of time alone in your room. So, you know, who are you going to connect with? Like, for example, I like to spend time in the evening uh, when we're not on lockdown because of coronavirus, you know, going to CrossFit or... And I'm in a local running club where we, you know, we train for long distance events and, and that gives me time to connect with other people and do something physical and outdoors, um, which I think is important because if you're spending a lot of time at your desk by yourself, it's not necessarily good for your physical and mental health. So, so yeah, so to have a way of, so pay your bills firstly, or have a way of paying your bills. Secondly, have a way of connecting with other people that takes you outside of um, your, your room or wherever you're working on. Um, and once you have those two things in place, then if you are ready to make, you know, to make the jump, then I'm going to presume you've already picked your genre and your specialism and what you're going to focus on. 
Okay, so now we talk about scaling in terms of writing. So what is the best way to monetize writing to earn six figures just like you? So the best way to earn six figures is really different for every type of writer, but for, for a fiction author, it could be writing a series. And many of the fiction authors I've met are, are, are you know, learned from, have a world that they invite readers into and they'll have nine and 12 book series. Um, like Game of Thrones, which we're talking about there a few minutes ago. Um, but for nonfiction authors, the best way is to consider how you can take your writing and turn it into something else. So if you've written a series of articles on Medium and you know they've, they've performed quite well, could you turn them into a book and then sell that on Amazon? And then if you've written and self-published your book, could you turn that into an audiobook? Or could you create a workbook? from that book that people could buy and could you create a print version of the kindle book so then you're creating multiple products from one you know from a single piece of creative work and you, you mentioned there about the amount of articles i've written but like a lot of those articles are are you know ideas that have reworked and changed into book chapters and then book chapters into books so it's more variations on a theme rather than something brand new each time um and then you could also create online courses like that's a fantastic way for anybody's writing online to earn a living. Um, sometimes people like to consume information in different ways. You know, some people like to read it in a book. Some people like to take a video course. Um, so that's something else that you can do as well. And you, you are serving your readers because people, you're connected with different readers because we all like to learn differently. So, so, so that, that, those are some of the strategies that I would recommend. Okay, so one of the last few questions is, what is like your current best marketing strategy when it comes to uh, marketing your books. Yeah, so the, the marketing strategy that, that I've used quite a bit is to work with beta or early readers or advanced readers, or there's a couple of different terms for it. But um, that's where you, when you've written a draft of your book and you're relatively happy with it, you will ask you know a select group of your email list, which we talked about, to read an advanced copy of your book and to give you feedback that you can use to improve it. And then when you've improved the book and fixed the issues, um, then you're going to ask them to help you launch it. So, so they will you know, potentially leave a review on launch day on Amazon and they'll potentially tell their, their friends and family about it. And that can work quite well because of the nature of the, you know, the internet and you, you can be one to many. So you can have like a couple of hundred people on your advanced reader group and, and that tends to work quite well uh, for book launches. Um, the other strategy that's worked well for me in the past is Amazon ads. So Amazon have an advertising platform for authors and it does take a little bit of time to figure out. It's not quite as evolved as a uh, Facebook, um, but you can set up what are called auto keyword ads um, and put a capped budget on it. And that should help you sell, you know, some copies of your book relatively quickly without having to spend hours, um, you know, wading into ads. So, so that's what I'd recommend a combination of Amazon ads and, you know, gathering a group of advanced readers. So just like you mentioned about advanced readers, right? <laughs> Roughly how many advanced readers do you want to get? Or do you want to get as much as you can? Uh, well, anytime I've done it, I've had like several dozen advanced readers. I know some bigger authors might have several hundred or even several thousand advanced readers. But then what will happen is you'll get conflicting feedback. So somebody, you know, reader A might tell you they didn't like chapter two take out that metaphor and then reader B will tell you they, they love chapter two, keep in that metaphor. <laughs> so then you, it can get a bit confusing and you need to ask yourself, what, how can you be true to your book? So um, personally, I recommend for me anyway, 
is is you know maybe several dozen advanced readers so that you can get on the phone with them or zoom uh, or that you can have email feedback with them because it becomes harder to manage if you have more than than several dozen or even okay. a dozen or even five or five or six is enough um which is show your work to somebody um and you know see what they have to say okay so what questions do you usually ask when you pass it to the readers you know so i normally set up a google form and i'll ask questions like uh what did you like about the book? Uh, what did you find confusing? Uh, what would you like to see more of in the book? What would you like to see less of in the book? Did you find any obvious errors? If so, could you pro provide an example? Um, which of these titles is the best title for for the book? Um, and normally that's enough to get some feedback, but you don't want to ask so many questions that the, the reader is completely overwhelmed and they, would, you know, they won't fill out the form. Um, or another option is just to get on a call on Zoom or Skype and just talk to them informally about the book. Okay, Ken, um, thanks for all these insights, especially your best marketing strategies right now. So before I ask my last questions, where can these people, the audience, learn more about you and learn from you? Sure, so so, so Darius, if, you, if your audience uh, visits becomearidertoday.com forward slash join, and I'll send you a, a free book of writing prompts, which you can use for, for your nonfiction to find ideas and start writing on Medium and earn a couple of hundred dollars. Um, I also have a show called the Become a Writer Today podcast, which is on iTunes. And I, I interview New York Times bestselling authors. And if you want to learn more writing advice on the go, uh, you, you can subscribe to the show. Okay, so last question is, what is the legacy you want to live in this world? It's a great question. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that for our interview. Um, I guess it would be to help uh, people, particularly writers who want express themselves in the best way that they can uh, and help them help their readers and get paid well for doing it. Okay. Thanks for being on the podcast, Ryan. If you, know, if you guys want to learn more about writing and really knowing what to put, get out from your brain or the thoughts and creative ideas into a book, a best-selling book or even articles, uh, then head over to Brian's website. I highly encourage you to go and read all his articles as well. It's pretty good. And if you like this episode, do make sure to subscribe, rate, and like this podcast. Till the next episode, start living your legacy.